from the News Channel 5 Network. This is Inside Politics. Hello, everyone. I'm News Channel 5's political analyst, Pat Nolan. Welcome to Inside Politics. In most presidential election years, we spend months watching the candidates, if, if, if not in one, but in both political parties, fighting it out in multiple primaries and caucuses to see who emerges as the nominees for the Democratic and Republican national tickets. But this year, it's not even March, and it seems a near certainty that the presidential candidates in 2024 will be the same ones we had in 2020. Current President Joe Biden versus former President Donald Trump. How did that happen? How is this going to happen? What will happen now in a presidential year that is still among the most strange and perhaps the most consequential election campaigns we've had since the Civil War. Our guests on Inside Politics this week to sort all this out are Democratic analyst Larry Woods and Republican strategist Deborah Maggard-Bresky. Welcome both of you back to the program. Thank you. So Deborah, how did this happen? I mean, we've had poll after poll for over several months and said significant numbers of Americans don't want this rematch, but we're gonna have it. Well, I think it's because within my party, within the Republican, Republican Party, Donald Trump has a lock on that base. And you re remember a long time ago, he said that he could shoot somebody on Fifth mm -hmm. Avenue and they would still vote for him. Well, that still holds true. So we have seen that, you know, they continue to support him no matter what happens. So Larry, what's your take on it? As far as I know, Joe Biden hadn't shot anybody, but um, he's, he, his, his poll numbers are not good. It's amazing to me as a student of politics, the, the one person Joe Biden can beat for reelection is Donald Trump. Yet he continues to be the strongest Republican in the Republican primaries. And Joe Biden and Donald Trump will be the oldest two presidential candidates on the ballot. They'll break their own record that they set four years ago. So, Larry, why don't these baby boomers want to get off stage? Well, as an old guy, I don't want to criticize <laughs> old guys running for president. My chance, my opportunity is yet to come. I mean, you know, it's like beauty. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Uh, all of us know older folks who occasionally have slips of the tongue, occasionally stumble kind of thing. There's no real significance to that, uh, but the news you know, needs that new ammunition every day with something to talk about. Deborah, you're supporting... Um, Nikki Haley. Megan, yeah, she's on the ballot. She talked a lot about we need new leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, why hasn't that worked? People say they want new leadership. They don't want these two candidates there again, but do they really mean that? Because that's not the way the poll is. That's not how it's turning out so far. Right, within the party. That, that's right. But I do think that we've seen, you know, independents, uh, they don't want to vote for Donald Trump, and he needs those votes, I think, to even win. So, you know, you even see in the Democrat Party, the governor of California was, you know, right. talked about a lot. He's a young guy, Robert Kennedy Jr., young guy as an independent, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. So there's, there's out there that it's time for new leadership. Just getting that base to that point, it's been... Larry, what about, what about the super PACs? They have a lot of influence, and but um, they could have forced some people to the sidelines if they wanted to, or they had the money to do that, but they, they could. haven't done that. They, as you point out, the super PACs have the money, which is the number one rule in politics. You've got to have the money. But we saw what happened with DeSantis. DeSantis early on had a lot of the, had several of the big super PACs lined up behind him. Didn't do him a bit of good. You've got to have the right politics, the right voter support, and nobody else does. With the nominations pretty much wrapped up on both sides, not surprising for Biden as an incumbent, that's usually the case. Um, are voters ready for what's going to be about a nine-month general election campaign? I don't think we ever had one that long. That long. Um, Deborah, what do you I, think? I think they're going to get really tired of it really fast, um, and I think that it's going to hurt the turnout, and I think that hurts Donald Trump 
if that's the case. Uh, he's constantly in the news because he's in court. He's on in court more than he is on the campaign trail, and I think that's going to wear on people. So, Larry, people are going to get bored, and you know, it's going to be like uh, watching TV reruns that are on over and over and over again for nine months. Uh, you know, it's like watching the Three Stooges on television. We're all waiting for Mr. Trump to say something else outrageous or out of this world. Uh, and sometimes Mr. Biden says stuff that causes headlines well, too. Would it be as bad as that, that people then will, will get turned off, they won't go vote? What was that I, I, I think Deborah's right that it's going to get very boring between now and November for everybody except folks like us who live, eat, breathe it every minute. And therefore, people are going to forget there's an election going on. Uh, the evening news and the podcast are not going to cover it like they've been doing with the primaries. And and I think that hurts voter turnout. And I think that might cause Trump to say more uh, radical things because right. you know, he right. seeks attention all the time. So who knows? Buckle your seatbelt, yes. I guess. When you mix in third party candidates, and you mentioned Robert Kennedy Jr., um, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to get it and carry a state. And we haven't had a presidential candidate carry a state since George Wallace in 1968. But would the impact be that they may take some of the battleground states and tip them one way or the other? Because much like what Ralph Nader wound up doing in 2000 in the Bush corn race. I've had uh, Republicans tell me that they love Robert Kennedy Jr. and they they want to vote for him, and they probably will. And that's over the COVID vaccine right. issue. Uh, Larry, um, that whole thing with Robert Kennedy Jr., his super PAC, apparently Kennedy acts like he didn't know much about it, actually ran an ad during the Super Bowl, cost $8 million, and he wound up having to apologize to his family because they didn't like the, some of the imagery that was in there. Uh, I've never heard a presidential candidate apologize about having an ad out here about it. If Robert Kennedy Jr., as a presidential candidate, did not know what that super PAC was up to, he ought to resign and quit today. I mean, that tells me he's not paying any attention to what's going on around him. The law prohibits him from picking up the phone and calling them and saying, yes, no, maybe, but not paying attention to what they're doing, not knowing what they're up to, uh, that's just incredibly stupid to me in political terms. Deborah, uh, we've talked already about both candidates being prone to do gaffes um, with, you know, Trump confusing Nikki Haley with former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Biden got in trouble in the last couple of weeks because he spoke to the special prosecutor who was looking at his classified documents that he, the, the special prosecutor in his report, uh, classified or, or characterized Biden as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Um, we see the voters and, and, and the media, for some extent, turning this into like a drinking game. We're going to keep score. How many people, who made the latest, how many, who's got the most, said the most bad things in terms of gaffes? Are we going to keep score for that? They, both, both the major can have got this problem. If I were Joe Biden, I'd be filing a defamation lawsuit against special counsel Her, That's his last name. Uh, I mean, this is not what prosecutors do. I've dealt with prosecutors my entire professional life. I have never had one issue a news statement or a news release saying Woods' client is this, that, the other, whatever. That's not their job. They're not allowed to do that. That's a direct violation of the Department of Justice guidelines. Special counsels, as usual, are sort of out of control, have been for 50 years in this country. They do whatever they want to. Larry Woods is our guest, along with Deborah Maggard-Bresky. We're talking about the 2024 presidential campaign as it develops and perhaps go for nine months with the two candidates only are already right now pretty much selected. 
as to continue our conversation after this break. Welcome back to Inside Politics. We're talking today about presidential politics this year, where we have Larry Woods, political analyst on the Democratic side, and Deborah Magnabreski on the Republican side. Let's follow up a little bit about what we talked about before, right before the break. Uh, President's comments to the special counsel. Um, there are people now saying, well, he ought to set the record straight and release either the actual copies, audio or video recording of it, or the transcript. Larry, that's a two-edged sword. There might be something in there that would be taken out of context, they would say, and, and it caused war problems. It's going to be hours long, which means anybody on every side of every political issue can pick and choose words and phrases in context and out of context to, you know, to hash about and argue about and point to. Uh, it's not going to be productive. It's not going to tell us anything we don't already know about our candidates. Deborah, the, the latest outburst that has gotten Trump in some trouble is basically he sort of encouraged Russia to invade our NATO allies mm -hmm. if they haven't paid their dues, at least whatever dues he thinks they should be paying that they're not. That's created outrage, particularly from President Biden, but some of the Republicans who are defending him say, well, you can't take whatever Trump says literally, so we're going to make him president and we don't hold him accountable for what he says. Okay, and that's why we're in this mess, because no one will hold him accountable, right? right. Uh, I mean, that was a ridiculous way to put that, what he said. So, but this is what he does, right, all the time. And he diminishes, I think, the office of president when he does it, so, and he puts people in danger. It's just like what he said about Nikki Haley's husband the other day. Uh -huh. The base loves veterans, as we all do, and yet he, you know, disparaged her husband, and he's actually, right now, deployed. So how many people do we have running for president whose spouse is deployed, and what does he do? He says something not so nice about it. It, it seems pretty likely that Donald Trump's gonna spend, Larry, a lot of times this, this year, instead of being on the campaign trail, at least feel like he needs to be in the courtroom because he's facing 91 felony charges right. in, in, in both states and in federal government cases. Uh, one of them right now that he's arguing against says he has immunity for the things that happened in and around January 6th in the 2020 election. Uh, this is before the Supreme Court right now, although they've not argued the case. They are apparently close to perhaps issuing a ruling about whether the case at the lower court should be stayed until they make all these decisions. Um, one of the chances that you see on the appellate level, this immunity argument has, has lost in both the trial court and the appeals court. Do you see the Supreme Court doing anything other than a, the, upholding what's already been ruled? I'll, I'll be surprised if they rule in Trump's favor on the immunity issue. I'll be shocked in the legal terms but maybe if not they this, do maybe that. They, maybe they will impose yeah, the but stay. But a stay might be possible uh, and that's what Trump's really fighting for. I mean, it's, that's his entire defense strategy in these 91 felony charges. Delay, delay, delay. I'll win, Trump's thinking, I'll win the election. I'll pardon myself. And that takes care of all the cases at except the, the New York fraud case and the Fulton County, Georgia criminal case. Speaking of the Fulton County case, that's also up in hearings, I think, the last couple of days about... Um, whether the, the, the district attorney down there who's been leading the prosecution uh, was, was involved with an inappropriate personal relationship with the person who's now the chief prosecutor for her in that case. That could well be deferred if, if they have to reconstitute the case or at least reconstitute who's doing the case up there. If that happens and the, and the case that's also involved in, in D.C. that we just talked about, if both those get delayed, are these other cases important enough? The, the one with, this, with the, 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 the classified documents, the other ones that we talked about, are those big enough deals that uh, voters will say, well, that's a reason they shouldn't be president, even if he's convicted in those other cases? 
I mean, this is laugh out loud, except the national news treats it seriously. Does this mean every time I go into a criminal case to defend a client, first thing I'm going to do is say, oh, by the way, Your Honor, before we start, I'd like to hear everybody you've dated in the last three years and what kind of relationship you've had with them. And when you finish, then I want to ask the same question of the prosecutor, and then I want to ask the same question of all 12 jurors. Uh, this has got nothing to do with the criminal charges that are pending. Let's assume the Fulton County District Attorney did absolutely everything wrong, however you want to defend wrong. That has no impact whatsoever on any issue in the criminal case. It just doesn't relate. Again, it's Trump and the co-defendant primary in this case doing Trump's bidding. It's Trump wanting to delay the trial. Here's something else to focus on other than am I guilty or not guilty. Yeah, it does appear at least one case is going to go to trial in March, and that's the uh, hush money case. Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's up in New York as well, uh, involving President, the former President allegedly offering to a third party uh, money to keep people quiet or kill a story involving extramarital affairs mm -hmm. from President Trump. Um, I, the Republican candidates have had problems with women after the, the, the change in the Roe v. Wade mm -hmm. decision. Um, is this is this going to be a problem if we go forward? I mean, if, if he's convicted on that, is that going to be one that's going to be a, a major problem and a major issue? And he, he got he got through with the tape was released during 2016, and said it's just locker room talk. I don't think I don't think so. They've already gone through that. I think that. Right. that the die that it's set right it's cast so I do wonder this though let's say he wins how will the American people feel about him pardoning himself how is that I mean really it's been done before yeah how, yeah, how I, are the people I think how are it, the people gonna feel about that I think you're right to raise that because if Trump wins the election if he's convicted if he pardons himself I think the nation's gonna be outraged but there's not gonna be anything they can do about it at mm -hmm. that point uh, if they try to impeach him over it, his defense is going to be, hey, everybody knew this was coming when they voted right. for me. We're talking the 2024 presidential election. We're with Larry Woods, a Democratic strategist, and Deborah Maggard Bresky, a Republican strategist. We're about to continue our conversation on the other side of these messages. Stay with us. We are back on Inside Politics with our guest today, political analyst Larry Woods on the Democratic side, and Deborah Maggard Bresky on the Republican side. Um, we do have one situation where it appears we were going to get a, a, a ruling today in the fraud case involving President, former President Trump in New York. Uh, he could be facing millions of dollars in fines. He's already been found guilty. He could be facing millions of dollars in fines after he's already facing millions of dollars in fines in another civil case involving uh, um, uh, an assault and, and a, a Sort of a libel suit against to brought against him. He's already and that's I think that's already eighty million dollars, Larry. I mean, this is, could be even more than that. I mean, I know he's a rich man, but there's also talk that he's that his um, present the money money he's raised for his uh, legal fees. That fund is going to be running low by July, so he right. he may not he may be doing pretty well in preferring a lot of these other things. But the walls are closing in financially, perhaps in some areas. You may see a lot of lawyers for the co-defendants are being paid by Trump or his campaign organization starting to withdraw because the money's going to start running out and on the New York fraud ruling, whatever the amount of the money the fine is today, A, he'll appeal it, but he'll have to put up a bond uh, and that's going to be interesting. I would predict that Trump and his uh, henchmen have been draining the money out of the Trump organization for the last mm -hmm. year or two, worried that this ruling is coming in the New York fraud case. That company may not have much money in it which means he won't be able to put up a bond. 
it'll be interesting. Deborah, he's going to have to spend a lot of time either in court or and maybe not to trial, but just these hearings or being on the campaign trail. Is that going to hurt voters that he's not coming out to speak to them? Or is he just going to do these big, huge mega rallies? Or is it going to hurt him if he's not in the courtroom because the jurors will be saying, hey, where is he? Where is he? Well, he's always managed to excel at this rally uh, model that he uses. So, you know, he'll be able to do those late at night or however he does it. You know, people stand in line all day long to see him at 11 p.m. in the freezing cold, right, at an airport uh, or, you know, somewhere where there's a big area for that to be set up. But going back to what you said about the money, my understanding is, is his campaign money is running out because he's spending so much money on his defense, his yes. legal defense. Yes. And this is one of the reasons why Nikki Haley's been able to stay in because she has money. Whereas if it gets to where it's going to be, he's not going to have the money to actually have an effective campaign. So that's another thing to think about. With all these gaffes, Larry, that have been going on and the other problems that Mr. Trump has, are we going to see a lot more surrogate use this time than what we see in the past? I mean, are the candidates going to basically, I mean, Trump will do a lot online, he always does, but is, is it going to see more surrogates because they don't want to put these people out too far because they might say something they don't like again? I think that's going to be different this time. A, Trump doesn't want to use surrogates because he wants the limelight and the publicity, as we all know. And B, look at all the surrogates from four years ago who have been indicted criminally. I mean, if I were a Trump guy and Trump called me today and said, Larry, I want you to go do X for me, I'd think long and hard. Do I want to run the risk of getting in a prosecutor's uh, a crossfire here, Deborah. What do you what do you think at this point? I mean, we we've got um, a record amount of money going to be spent on television. Is that going to be a, a big a big push in this campaign? A little bit less off the campaign trail and more on TV and online. So, where is he going to get all this money? You know, he's taken over the Republican National Committee with right. his, uh, his daughter-in-law now being the vice chairman. That's just happened in the last. I think 10 days, and I've actually had somebody with the RNC tell me that was another money siphoning scheme, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's how they're going to push money towards his campaign, by having her involved so close in the mm-hmm. RNC. And the George Santos seat, which was Republican seat in New York State, has now been flipped back to the Democrats. Is Larry, is that a harbinger for good news for the Democrats going into November? Well, Does it really have anything to do with the presidential know, race? Deborah and I were talking earlier. This is a lot like Watergate in the sense that look at what Watergate did to the Republican Party's campaign and election hopes for for 20 years after Watergate. And the Trump effect is going to be around for the next 20 or 30 years. Uh, you know, Swazi winning the Democratic or winning the Congress seat in New York for the Democrats is a good example of it. I'm sure there were local issues too, but the overwhelming issue was the House of Representatives not getting anything done, and we need to shake things up, I think was the voters' attitude. Deborah, the Republicans think this immigration issue, the crisis at the southern border, is a winning ways for them, is a winning issue for them, both in, in Congress and in the White House. Mm-hmm. They've now impeached by one vote on the second try against the Homeland Security Secretary. That's mm-hmm somewhat unprecedented. It has happened over 100 years in inverse of a sitting cabinet member. Uh, but um, does it really matter that much? Is this impeachment going to have something the base wanted, but does it really play out with the rest of the, of the voters? I, I think the I think even moderate Republicans want the law followed, however that is, and that is the law, how we deal with immigration in this country. I do think, though, in that swing district in New York, obviously that it did not matter. How, how that Republican handled that, it was the other way. So, and I think that since Biden's been president, we've lost all 
the Republicans, haven't we lost all three uh, special congressional elections? That's a trend that I think the party and our folks in the Republican Party, not just the RNC, we need to, to look at that because it, to your point, when we were talking about this earlier, it took us over 20 years to build back from Watergate. And I think long term, my party is, is uh, heading, headed down the wrong road here and we're gonna suffer in the end. Uh, very quickly yeah. for both of you, because um, we're just about to run out of time, the polarized state of the nation and what's happened already in the aftermath of the 2020 election now, how this campaign is starting out, uh, is this anything of being the most consequential election in our lifetimes and maybe since the Civil War? Larry? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, for, A, for the reason Deborah was just talking about, even if Trump wins, her party's gonna pay a price for the next 20, 30 years because of it, and B, if Trump wins, I mean, uh, we're gonna lose allies internationally. We already see the, the ramifications of that going on with the Ukraine. I mean, Trump's gonna say we ought to be friends with Putin rather than for the, with the folks that are anti-Putin. Uh, that's just crazy. Larry Woods and uh, Deborah Magritte-Bresky, thank you both for being on the program. I suspect we'll have you back as this campaign continues to develop. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on Inside Politics. I'll be back here again for a future show. If you can't catch the program on, on the air, on cable, or online every week, you can now start listening to us by listening to our Inside Politics podcast. It's now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeart, and CastBox. Just search Inside Politics Nashville on your favorite podcast platform. Some episodes are already posted, and they will be posted every Friday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and goodbye.